0: All right. All right. Hello, everyone. It is Wednesday, September 1st. It's 2021. It is a beautiful, beautiful, clear day in Seattle. The past few days have been super chilly. It's really been feeling like fall. Also, a happy first day of September. I'm gonna go hit up my Target and buy as many fake leaves and pumpkins as I can hold in my tiny little hands. But yes, today we are, he- I'm here at home. I'm sitting in my home office. I'm surrounded by many chairs. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful day. And today we have Larcy and ben here with us today Larcy, do you want to introduce yourself first
1: hello everyone this
2: is Larcy. i am in my home also in the beautiful city and neighborhood of magnolia unfortunately though what is surrounding me right now is laundry so go ahead we're going to do this podcast while i fold laundry
0: awesome and ben do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself too
1: Hi everyone, my name is ben. Um, I am the program coordinator of CP Future. I am also at home, but like my room is super bright yellow. So in sunset, it looks like golden. Like when my sister comes out of her room, she gets blinded and has to come back to her room. It's like, it's that wild, at sunset hour. Um, but glad to be here with you all.
0: Awesome, thank you two so much for being here today. Um, So today we're going to be talking a lot about ourselves and we're going to be talking about Action Academy and a bit of our journey. So the three of us kind of have a unique background together. Um, Larcy, would you like to go a little bit into why the three of us are on this podcast today?
2: Well, I almost feel like I want to flip the table a little bit because our community and the bulk of everyone in the CP world kind of know who I am and the development and program design around action academy and cp future and you two have actually been sprinkled in certain in in other programs outside of action academy whether you were two where the texas state team leads and or they've seen you um speak about action academy and kind of your journey through the program in you know other community events and everything so really i don't have a whole lot to really say about myself except for that I you know thanks to the program it's been able to uh bring two um of you into it and we've just really gained a ton of uh work contribution from YouTube but just like really good enhancements to our team um to the work that we're doing so really I'm gonna park myself a little bit switch the tables around and and ask the two of you um how you two have journeyed through CP this past year with COVID, with school, with social life. And then now both of you finding careers in this organization. So there's a lot that I threw out there. However, it's a really great story. I know you and I like on personal levels and, or kind of private conversations really talk about, you know, have you journeyed through this entire year with all of it, but um Really, I have to say, like, both of you have been super, uh, really, I mean, I guess, like, you two are, like, walking evidence of how successful programming has worked in our organization because you've been able to go and explore different um, experiences with with Common Power. So, really, either of you can totally chime in now and say, like, a year and a half ago, maybe, it was, like, what, spring of 2020 – And we blasted out this Action Academy opportunity from wherever you were getting your, you know, internship or um, extracurricular activities from. What were you doing and how did it feel when you first saw the announcement and who did you get it from?
1: Okay, I could probably jump in. This has been here. Um so a year and a half ago, which would be March twenty twenty, I was actually fleeing Europe because COVID had just touched down into Italy, spreading across to Austria, Germany, and I was in Austria. And um I was on my Fulbright at the time and they told me that if you don't leave within a certain amount of time, we can't guarantee that you're gonna be safe, you know, for any of the duration afterwards. So during March twenty twenty I was frantically frantically and also terrified, um, just running through airports and just trying to make my way back to Seattle. Um, And then like, so COVID for me was a very rough start. Uh, And then I kind of just like was at home, you know, and then I got my my email about Action Academy. I actually got it from my former boss at the Office of Merit Scholarships at UW. And this is a funny thing. She forwarded it from Sasha Lee and I and I applied because I recognized Sasha's name and I was like, if Sasha approved this program, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I also noticed that you were offering me money to learn. So if any of you were like thinking about like, um oh, does like paying people like do paying youth to learn about civic engagement work? Yes, I'm the proof of that. Um So I think. I really didn't know what to expect of Action Academy. There was no history of this organization uh, when I tried to search it up. So I have no idea what I was getting into or what to expect. So I kept a very, very low bar. Um, And when I was going through Action Academy during summer 2020 though, you know, um, learning about voting rights history that I never got anywhere else, participating on state state teams, to um, support candidates during elections, it was like wow, like like my my mind was just blown away with the with the stuff that I could do, and the stuff that I did do, and I think Julia can speak to this too in a bit, but I found myself wanting to do more because I've never touched uh, civic work before Action Academy. I was very much more internationally minded. Um, you know, with my Fulbright, and then trying to see if I could apply to the Foreign Service afterwards. Um, but Action Academy totally flipped that on uh, on his head. It was a 180 for me. And so now I reached out to Larcy, or Larcy reached out to me. It was probably both. And then we were like, is there a way for, a, is there an opportunity or a pathway for me to move forward doing more work with Common Power? And she was like, yes, I needed you yesterday. And I was like, great. I also needed a job yesterday. Yeah. And so. I I know, and then like we just kind of worked together um, heading into 2021, CP Future at that time I felt was like a very new organization, a new and ambitious organization. And I just found myself, you know, feeling that vibe and getting into the work. Um, so we launched like two more cohorts of Fashion Academy since an, I was an Action Academy graduate myself. I had like obviously a lot of opinions and ideas about how to take this forward. And I work with Julia and other crew leads on that to make that happen. And I, say, I have to say that I am very, very proud with how the program turned out, seeing that it was, like, in its first year, right? We, we grew a tremendous amount just within our first year. Um, and so for me, like, I also grew in my knowledge of what civic engagement is and like what my role is in that. And how organizing can happen as a young person, I may be a crew lead and I might be like coordinating most of the programs, uh, but I'm still like learning it as I'm doing it as well. And I think that perspective um, is really useful, I think. Um, Julia, you want to jump in here? Yeah,
0: thank you so much for sharing all that, Ben. I think a lot of my story is if not similar is the same to yours. Um, I remember starting off in spring of 2020, there was a lot of unrest in America, in our country as a whole. Um, there were the George Floyd protests, the wake of the BLM movement was at its height. There was a lot of unrest and protests and violence going on in Seattle, Washington. Um, and in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, everybody was scared out of their minds. I I got a UW alert that there was one COVID case um, at an apartment on the same block as mine and I got it during my Japanese class and I made the decision to leave my apartment with my partner and move into my partner's house to kind of avoid that overcrowding. And I was just so terrified of COVID at the time, just one or two cases freaked me out of my mind. Um, So, You know, the Action Academy opportunity came to me when I was sitting at home in the summer. I was freaked out of my mind about the state of the country, what was going on with BLM, Um, a lot of emotional unrest in me and the country. So it came to me as an opportunity for me to spend my summer productively and take action on the things I was worried and freaking out about. so on the last day of the deadline, I, I actually almost missed this opportunity, but on the last day I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sign up for it and we'll just see if I get accepted. And I, I got an email the following day saying that I was accepted. And at that moment I also found out that there was a stipend for it. So I was like, okay, well, I can get paid too. So let's, let's do this. And, um, My first 10 weeks with Action Academy were so meaningful to me. Uh, I got to hear from great speakers like Bob Zellner. I got to hear from Katie Fahey about gerrymandering, Um, just some really key political figures in the American civil rights story. I got to meet amazing people like Ben and Larcy. Um, I met Kylie as well at the same time. Just like a lot of Asian American women who are inspirational to me and kind of Pretty much made me feel at home in Action Academy. It was really amazing seeing such a diverse group of young people like me who, you know, weren't super civically engaged but wanted to make a difference and were willing to learn and jump right into the action. So that was really impactful on me. And you know, just like Ben said, you know, on graduation, I was staring at the screen and I was like, you know, this, this can't be the end, right? So, you know, I'm, I went ahead and opened my inbox and shot a uh, Larcy an email and I said, I want more and, Apparently, Ben and several other women did the same thing, <laughs> such as Rhiannon and Marta. And next thing I knew, I found myself helping send some postcards over to Georgia with Ben, Rhiannon, Marta, and a couple other folks from Action Academy as well. And after that, um, you know, Ben and I did the same thing. We just kept chasing after the opportunities, just saying, how can I help out, wanting to do more and more, um, loving falling in love with the work that we're doing feeling like we're really making a positive impactful change as young people and yeah it just things just kept snowballing after that point and uh, that's how I arrived at being full-time with CP and you know over the past year with Common Power I've loved every minute with the organization you know some people say Common Power takes over your life and I'll admit it's taken over my life a bit I mean I do it for a job now too but I love this organization and. I love the people with it too. So that's my story. And thanks for asking, Larcy. So, so Larcy, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Oh, hello, Larcy.
1: Uh-oh. There might be some connection issues. There may be Um, some connection issues. It's no worries. If I may, like, I can just, I want to tag onto something to what you said. Um, I think coming out of undergrad, given everything I was learning about U.S. history, um, U.S. politics abroad. And at home, I felt just very disillusioned with government, and also distrustful of it. So, I think um, the work that Action Academy kind of did for me was trying to f- was presenting me a pathway where I could uh, maybe not believe in government again, but all but that I could influence government in a way that I could feel confident in having them represent me, if that makes sense. Um, Because, and I think we continue to do that, right? Like part of what common power does is it lets good people to office. And I never really thought about that power that I had before, um, where I literally have the power to elect the people who will do good things for me and my community into office. I was always much Mm -hmm. more along the lines of, oh, why is government doing it this way? And why is this policy happening? And why are they letting this continue to happen? Um, and I never really thought about or knew what I could do um, to either change that or to address it other than burn it all down and start again, uh, which <laughs> which a lot of people <laughs> want to do, really. Like, you know, point,
2: they're at that point where they that is like the only choice that they have, right? And some people will say, you know, maybe we have to. Anyway, I do apologize. I have no idea. Can you guys hear me now? I don't know what happened.
0: Yeah, we did my
2: audio earlier. And I know I was like, right in the middle of you, Julia asking, or wanting to ask me a question. So we can totally pick up where, where we left off right there. Um, but since I'm back on, I am here to engage again, I guess.
0: Yeah, thanks, Larcy. Okay. Before I go ahead and ask you the question I was going to ask before, I want to, you know, piggyback a little bit off of some Ben's comments. So, so Ben, I almost feel like, you know, as like young people, I feel like we get a bad rap for like not really caring about politics or like, I guess being mistrustful of politics and stuff. But I think for me personally, like speaking for me, like I feel like I really care about politics, but I think a lot of the roadblocks come with like, it's, it's difficult to find avenues to engage unless you really know about it as a young person. And I feel like that's really what drew me into common power is that like, you know, Larcy, people like you really emphasize like getting young people into this work and Larcy, like I want to ask you why is it so important for you for common power to get young people like me and Ben into the work, even though, you know, we have, we may have a bad rap from, (laughs) from people about, you know, not really caring about politics or um, yeah, just, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, I I love that question because the people who normally ask how to get young people involved in anything are usually the people who aren't thinking like a young person. So that is, I mean, the many organizations I've been in, uh, whether I was a youth myself and or, you know, I I, uh, worked with youth or I happen to be one of the oldest people to work with the youth is like, when people are always trying to ask, like, where are the young people? How do I get them involved? How do we get them involved? And yet we're in a room that looks, you know, and everyone looks the same as us. Why aren't we going to them? Why aren't we meeting them at school? Why aren't we going? Why aren't we bringing our programs into the places where they're going to congregate, right? Like the same thing with voter registration. We're going to put a table next to a place where there's going to be a ton of people, We're not going to do voter registration at the library because we're not going to have that big foot traffic, but we go to a festival or we go to an event because there's foot traffic. So it's the same philosophy that we have with common, with common powers. Like, where are the students? Well, they're at schools. Okay. We're going to partner up with those schools. They are also in leadership programs. Great. Let's partner with organizations that offer a leadership program for these particular, um, you know, young folks. And so, it's not just that. So, like, we have the key. We found the key to, like, open this door of like, oh, OK, here y'all are hiding in this room this whole time. Right. Um, but it's not just that. There's always this deep rooted sense of responsibility that many of us in leadership and common power that we have to pass on the baton and or leave this lasting legacy. It's the same principle and the same mindset of the John Lewis's of the world. It's like, we need this work sustained. We are not going to be the ones to do this forever, nor should we be the ones to do this forever. As much as I admire John Lewis and RBG, um, but there should not be um, a point where we'll, in our 90s or 80s, still doing this. Now, if we want to, wonderful, but there should already be folks you know waiting to receive uh this work and move forward with it and we say this a lot in our organization that this is not you know this is a relay and we emphasize that in in action academy when we bring in the bob zellners of the world it's like there's folks out there who are ready to pass on the baton and we just have to find the hands that are willing to accept it and know the responsibility they have to carry it in the next in the next sprint or in the next relay right um And so a lot of that's really important to us. That is really, really deeply rooted in our philosophy about supporting next generation leader like both of you are. You know, fortunately, we've been, been, uh, you know, we've had programs that you all are interested in. So even though both of you reached out to us and was like, hey, what's more? What about the programming that you felt like you, one, wanted more or maybe even needed more? that common power was the place where you would even get it
0: yeah I'm gonna go ahead and answer this because I have very strong feelings about my answer and then I'd love Ben for you to to chime in so okay number one I'm gonna be real here I feel like the financial stability was something that brought me back like time and time again just because I feel like For a lot of young people, there's a lot of internships and there's a lot of volunteering opportunities for young people. But honestly, I feel like there's not a lot of acknowledgement that young people need money. We are poor. (laughs) Um, We are poor and we are just starting to get our feet off the ground. And, you know, really having the ability to, you know, gain a little bit of wealth during such a crucial point in our lives and have some money to go out and eat with our friends and, you know, have fun is really important. I mean, not only for that, but like for paying things like tuition and rent as well. Like those are things that young people um, really need. And the reality is there's a lot of unpaid internships and a lot of unpaid opportunities out there. But Common Power, I really appreciate that, you know, I'm able to engage in this type of work while also being able to financially support myself. And I think that is something that truly, truly distinguishes Common Power from all the other programs that I've been involved in.
1: Ben, what are your thoughts on this? Wholeheartedly agree, for one. I mean, like, as I said, right, I wouldn't have applied to Action Academy if there wasn't a stipend. That was the, the motivating factor. <laughs> and also, <laughs> but I, you know, I come from, I come for the work and the money, but I stay for the people. Um, and and it really has been the case. Because like, I think I really love common powers philosophy. Of how they do the work, um, where it's very, where it's, it's very humble, I think, of, yeah, we're gonna do the work, but we also recognize that in other, in some cases and, and in, um, certain areas, we're not the forefront expert, right? Like when we go to, um, when we work with our state partners, we follow their lead. And I think that's something that I, don't usually um, come across with a lot of other organizations. And as well as, oh, I had a thought, but then I lost it. Um, (laughs) Okay, it's the end of the day. (laughs) No, I was going to say something so meaningful, then it was just gone. And then, um, what was it? Oh, yes, okay. The amount of time, effort, and money um, that the organization put into leadership development astounds me. Like I've been in various kinds of leadership development programs, classes, courses, blah, 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 since I was like in middle school. And this is like the first time where I've seen something so extensive, something so thorough, like from the hiring process to after hiring, you know, and like it's still ongoing. We have like a current leadership development plan that's coming out like right now in the process rolling out. And I just keep thinking to myself, like, if this is an organization that will invest in my growth so much, I am definitely going to grow here. And that's the environment that I want to be in. Right. So that's what I really love.
2: You know, I really appreciate you both saying that, because, you know, when when we were looking at how to grow this organization and who and who to lead it, um, not a whole lot of opportunities like this come for black and brown folks, right? Like we talk about um, how do we bring more BIPOC individuals and leaders into this work and into the forefront of this work. Le- uh, Action Academy has been such a great pool that we've been able to to pull people from. But in reality, it is this. It's resources, it's opportunities, right? Those are things that we Asian Americans, um, immigrants as myself, don't get, very much, you know, we don't get that, those types of opportunities in our yeah, kind of sent our way, right, or fall in our laps. Um, my mom and I immigrated here from the Philippines in 1989, I believe it was. And we did not, you know, that's just two, two decades, really almost three decades now. And so my family did not have the, you know, the, the generational wealth that comes with living in a prosperous country early on, right? Technically my mom and I are the first to kind of come into this, into this uh, first world coming from a third world. And, you know, we haven't accumulated all the wealth that we could. So that's a very typical story from a lot of immigrant families and, or families that just recently moved to the United States is that we don't have that legacy. Right. And so, part of what I wanted to bring into this work was just not so much like, okay, we're going to raise money and, you know, we want to do this work, but it's how do we make sure that people like us and folks that are just getting into wealth building kind of give them the leg up, right? Because like we, we, we're not the Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilts. We're not, we're not folks that have like grandma and great grandma over here passed down you know the the wealth in our family and so part of living in in a great country like this is like what do we get to pass on and so beyond like hey we have a great medical benefit beyond hey we have a great retirement that's pretty competitive compared to a lot that's out there is like i want to be an organization that gives black and brown folks and also women the career support and the career value and salary that they should deserve because they are talented, they are freaking smart, and they are going to go so much more further in life if we are the organization that helps catapult them there as far away as we possibly could. So that was a philosophy I wanted to make sure we all agreed on in leadership. And we all did, and we all do. That's why it is not that hard to be like, oh, Julia, Ben, uh, you know, a Maggie or an MJ. Like, okay, great. This is the team that we have. We're all talented. We are going to do some amazing things. Don't worry about, you know, how you're going to feed yourselves or if you are able to help, you know, pick up the bill when you're out with your friends. Let's focus on some amazing work. Let's expand this work that we're doing. Let's connect with more people that are doing this work. How do we support this fight in this in this democracy? and then we'll take care of everything else behind the scenes. And that is really kind of the structure that that is built in 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 this work. So don't worry about you know, like that you that it may seem a certain way because you were looking for the resources. No, that is why we do what we do because it needs to be that way. We need to support uh BIPOC folks and women that they do get the salary that they truly, truly deserve.
1: Yeah, Larcy, I just wanna I wanna comment off of that because i also I also immigrated to the US um when I was seven it is freaky how many people you like immigrated to the U.S. exactly at seven years old I
2: know it's not weird I'm the same way (laughs) I meet other people I'm like wait how is this were you on the same plane
1: (laughs) (laughs) you me and I believe yeah I don't know it's like it's I don't know what's going on with the seven-year cutoff mark um but like I have been privileged enough to make my way to university right and I don't think there's like there's like a many many others with my with similar backgrounds to I who have not and so the idea that like, just like step back for a minute. Um, I found your, I found the Action Academy invitation through happenstance. Like it was a very specific forward email to me specifically. And that's how I came across Action Academy. Um, and But can you imagine if as, as CP Future grows and as Action Academy grows, and we are reaching out to people who um, we are intentionally targeting black and brown folks, uh, black and brown and indigenous folks as well. Mm
2: -hmm, And not mm -hmm. just at
1: university, like, can you imagine what that would look like? Because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. in my community who are not in higher education, but deserves Mm -hmm. to have this knowledge, if not more so than their peers in higher education, right? And so for me, like, it's just like, I'm like, my mind is already kind of like envisioning um, where this program would be in two or three years, in four years, where we are um, banking off of our connections to Rainier Scholars, like who, mm-hmm. people in, um students in high school, students who are going into community college, partnering with organizations um, on a community level, right, to try and youth in that way and not just solely through academic, um, academia. And so what you're talking about with education um, in terms of resources and opportunities like I fully stand behind that and I want to see if there is a way that we can expand that out even more soon. So, right. Because. Oh people, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. been totally. I mean, right now with critical
2: race theory being attacked and traditional schooling. I mean, I have just this past, like set of six months, I have really been leaning towards this vision of what if we created this independent school of some sort where it is civic engagement. It is civic education of some sort. You know, we have, we have really top notch professors. We have David Domkey. We have Dr. Terry Scott, you know, we have AJ and then whoever else we've been able to pull in from action Academy sessions. Like, could you imagine a little, little tiny institution in this big city of Seattle, (laughs) right? Where it is an independent school and we help supplement, um, and or be the source of civic education of some sort, right? Where it's like voting rights histories. I mean, I, I mean, just the creativity of the folks on our team is just so amazing. And the cool thing about um, that kind of situation is we can get creative and we have awesome support from our community and our donors that, you know, we want to just expand this particular tiny little bubble of, you know, progressive organizers to want to make sure that we, you know, we fight for this democracy. So how do we do it? Right. With COVID we've been able to go the route of education. We've been able to go to the route of, you know, lecture series from David and AJ. Um, honestly, Action Academy would not have happened with the 62 students with the 19 different universities from across the country, if it weren't for COVID. So there was a, silver lining and all of that and then now it's do we want to continue to expand nationally in that sense where we can access students remotely and or what does it look like if we're doing things in person so again really really creative um, opportunities for us to engage more students enhance programming and I get to explore that with the two of you because you can come to me and you can go to us and say, okay, this didn't work from my participant standpoint because I can speak on that. And then this also didn't work or this did work from the leadership standpoint because I also went through that. So you two are very uniquely positioned that you came from kind of that uh, on ramp. And so I go to you two a lot to ask you for, improvements or your ideas in your and or expands in expanding um you know curriculum or lesson plans because you have this really unique perspective of being participants in the program um so i just want to also thank you both for <laughs> trusting in the process um sometimes it's just like let's just see how it goes which is really awesome we have that support with one another but also there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and so the behind the scenes stuff also has been. We just wrapped up the Rainier Scholars Civic Retreat over the weekend. Big kudos to you, um, to you and Hayden that you've spent months and months building curriculum, and you two have been able to expand civic engagement, um, to you know to high schoolers now, which is something that like never was thought of until the two of you came into our organization. So we're so fortunate. That we get talent like the two of you and also julia that you two are helping us open a ton of different types of doors
0: thank you so much larcy absolutely i can definitely see cp future and the rest of common part expanding a ton i can't wait to see all the work that we'll be doing together as asian american woman in common power. So we're going to wrap up here. We're at the 35 minute mark. It's been a day for all of us. So thank you all so much for listening today. Ben, Larcy. thank you so much for being wonderful guests to this podcast. This was an amazing conversation that we definitely need to continue. So I will be inviting you guys back. And I'm sure by popular demand, we'll have you two back as well. So thank you so much. Any last remarks, Larcy and Ben?
1: Go ahead, Ben. I talked a lot already. (laughs) No remarks. I mean, we'll be back. So probably. Oh, yeah. Julia, good job hosting. Um, Very, very, very organic and wonderful conversation today. Okay.
0: Thank you. Absolutely.
2: I look forward to more updates, more conversations, because this isn't the last time you're going to – anyone out there who's listening in, this is not the last time you're going to either – see and or hear from julia as she is launching these series but as she also gets to be herself and explore and expand um this platform and get to know the rest of anything and everything that's orbiting cp future and cp in general so watch out she may be the one tapping you next to join a podcast
0: (laughs) watch out everybody (laughs) but yeah thank you so much we'll wrap it up for today bye everyone have a great rest